Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Magnify your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much, O oh God. Raise the Aman Celebra Sandelebrekimakababe. Oh, we honor you, Jesus. We honor you, O oh God. Only you will be praised. Only you will be praised, my Lord Jesus. Man Telebroso. We, we adore you, Jesus, because you are a good God. You are a kind God. You are a great God. You are a majestic Father. There is no one like you, O oh God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Take your place in our midst tonight, Lord. Take your place in our midst tonight, Jesus. Minister to us, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hello, we believe, we believe, 
exist, you exist, oh Lord. We believe you are the great rewarder. We look beyond all things which are seen. Oh, and we hope in you alone. And we hope in you alone. And we hope and we hope. We put our trust in you. We put our hopes in you. Oh, and we hope in you. We put all our cares on you, Lord, and we hope in you alone, Jesus, and we hope in you alone. Lord, we put our trust in you, O God. Them that trust you shall never be put to shame, O God. You are the invisible God, clothed in majesty and splendor, O God. Lord, you are pure and you are holy, O God. You are just in all your ways, Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege of relationship. We thank you for the privilege that you are our Father. We thank you for the privilege, O God, of being fathered, being fathered, O God. You are our everlasting Father. You are our everlasting Father, O God. Your supply, your protection, your covering never fades, O God. That is the Father you are to us, O God. And we thank you that we can put our trust in you, O God. Matoli God. You keep them in perfect peace, whose mind is stayeth on thee, because he trusted in thee, O Lord. You should keep him, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, Lord, because he trusted in you. We thank you, Jesus. And we hope in you alone. And we hope in you alone. My treasure, my priority, Lord, who can confess to you, Lord? Great is the measure of your royalty, O morning star, you truly are. And let's tell him one more time. My treasure, my treasure, my priority, no one who can Of your royalty, oh morning star, you truly are. And one more time, he's a treasure, my treasure, my treasure, my priority, Lord, who can compare? Of your royalty, who more than star, you truly 
we are everything. Oh, morning star, oh, morning star, you truly are the bright and morning star. Oh, morning star, you truly, truly are everything. Bright morning star, oh morning star, you truly are everything. Oh morning star, you truly, truly are everything. You are God alone from before time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. Yeah. And right now, in the good times and bad. You are on your throne. You are God. You are God. You are God. You alone are God. The whole time began. You are on your throne. You are God alone. And right now, Lord, and right now. In the good times in the, and in the bad times, you are still on your throne, room, Lord. Lord, you are on your throne. You are on your throne. No man can you step your power, oh God. And you are God. You are the God alone from before time began. Lord, you are on your throne, Lord. You are God alone. And right now, Lord, and right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You are God alone. From before time began, you are on your throne. You are God alone, and right now, every moment in the good, when it looks as good, and when it looks like it's bad, you are remain, you remain on your throne, oh God, and you are God alone. Father, we thank you, Jesus. You are an unchangeable God. You are, you are, you are, you are the great deliverer, oh God. And you are the God in the good times. And when from our perspective, when from our perspective, it seems it is a bad time, oh God. Because your word assures us, your word comforts us, oh God, that you make all things, you make the good things work for our good. You make the bad things work for our good. For them that love you, oh God. As we've come here tonight, oh God, may we experience that you alone are God. If something else is being God in our lives, may be dethroned, Lord. In Jesus' name. And be God alone in our lives. In every moment, oh God. May we enjoy this time in your presence. 
enjoy your word as you always do and bless us oh god may we never be the same lord in jesus mighty name we pray with thanksgiving amen amen amen, amen. amen. are we excited somebody yes. are we happy to be in the house amen. amen we have an anointed man of god for this diocese for this church and for our lives tonight we can think of our anointed man of god for the diocese we can think of him for the church but not for us but it's anointed for us specifically tonight with excitement shall we welcome God's servant, Reverend Gilbert Asama, amen. Oh, in the gold times and paths, you are, you are on your throne. You are God alone. You are God alone. From before time began, you are on your throne. You are God alone, and right now, in the good times and bad, you are on your throne, you are God alone. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite you through your eternal spirit. Father, create in us and renew in us, Lord. Father, Lord, a new spirit of faith by which we will believe in line with what your word says. And that we shall become can do people because you have called us to this higher life. Hallelujah and amen. We thank the Lord. 25 statements of a can do man, which we started last week. We are going to continue. Um, let's look at this scripture Proverbs 18 and verse 21. I believe that is the scripture that talks about life and death is in the power of the tongue. Is that true? Find it and tell us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit hallelujah those who love the fruit of the tongue will eat its fruit but in that scripture we are told two possibilities death and life are in the power of the tongue hallelujah in this series 25 statements of a can-do man God is teaching us how to speak. He's teaching us how to change our vocabulary. There are certain ways of saying things. There are certain proverbs. There are certain statements that apply to a particular culture. But when you change to another culture, you have to learn how they say it. In fact, sometimes when you're going to say a proverb, there is one that is more current for the era you are in and the geography where you live. Hallelujah. And so, if we are going to be God's covenant children, if we are going to be 
the people who are holding forth the light of God in a world full of darkness, we have to learn to be like him. In Ephesians, the apostle wrote, be ye imitators of God. As dear children, be ye imitators of God. One of the main things that we need to change or will be visible, because Jesus said in Matthew 12, I think 36, thereabout, he says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the scripture I referred to in, uh, in my introductory statements on Sunday, I believe I took it from Romans 10 and from 8, thereabout. It says, what says it? The word is near you, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. The word of faith, what we preach. Hallelujah. The word of faith is going to be in your heart and it's going to be in your mouth. Now, it is not always pleasant or expedient. Or it, does, it may not come naturally for you to speak words of faith. In fact, most of the time, the fight is against things contrary to what the word of God is saying. That is why the apostles also said in 1 Timothy 6, I believe uh, verse 11, it's a fight, the good fight of faith. So faith is a fight. Hallelujah. And you, we, have been called, we have been called to change our lifestyle. And, and one of the main elements of our lifestyle that needs to change is how we speak. Amen. James the apostle said in James chapter 3, he said that if a person is able to bridle their tongue, then they will have power to control their whole life. In, in many instances, what we, what we are saying reveals that our faith is not deep. Hallelujah. Are you with me, somebody? We are studying 25 statements of a can-do man. And in these 25 statements, we are all going to have our faith renewed, our spirit of faith renewed. Hallelujah. Because you are going to discover that faith is the, is the building material that you need to build your spiritual life. We have two alternatives in this world. We have the sense-based world, whereby every phenomenon or thing you deal with is limited to the physical senses. Hallelujah. Which is what the world, physical world, but you will discover that even in the sciences, right now, you know, the, the um, what do you call it, um, an aspect of physics is, is, is so steep into the invisible world. How people are observing particles and they are noticing that, you know, the particles that you're observing, the, the position of the observer and the attitude of the observer and the perception of the observer actually influences the particle. So that it's no more a question of particles are just floating like electrons and neutrons floating around randomly. But, but there seems to be an invisible force that controls things. Hallelujah. Even science is discovering it. Hallelujah. So you and I, you and I have a, 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 like a preview, a, a foreview of another world. But then what often happens is that the circumstances of our life, the challenge of the unbelieving world, often forces us to become what some preacher said, unbelieving believers. Because, because we are practical atheists in many instances. Whereby, a, a, an atheist is someone who doesn't believe in God. But then if you believe in God, but your statements and your behavior doesn't show that you actually believe in God, then you are an atheist effectively. You are a practical atheist. And God in this series is changing us how we look at life and the scripture record 
becomes a testimony. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by what? It's, it's by inspiration of God. Is that not so? So one of the things that you, 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 we, should, we should take note of is that when we are reading a passage from the Bible, first of all, it is not just a story that gives account of something that happened to someone in a certain era many years ago. Yes, it is a story that has happened to someone. But you notice that not everything, well, that story that we are reading is not the only thing that happened. Did you know that? Like even in Gospel of John, when the John the Apostle, he wrote when all the others had died in the 90s, uh, first century. John, um, Matthew had written his Gospel. Luke had written his Gospel. And Mark had written his Gospel. And when John was writing, I think he only recorded seven miracles. Hallelujah. Jesus did so many miracles. And he, the Holy Spirit led him to handpick certain particular miracles. The point I'm making is that the scripture that is before us, every time you open a place in scripture, have a mind that the Holy Spirit breathed that scripture. It may be a story that you could relate to. It could maybe be a story that seems like a, 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 a well-known story. But don't read it just as a story that happened. Please, the Holy Spirit handpicked that story and placed it there for a reason. And in many instances, the the people involved, the characters involved, even sometimes their names have significance. Hallelujah. Why am I saying that? We are going to be reading the story about Caleb. Because you see, he's one of the one of the uh, um, the, the quintessential figures about the Kandu man. If you are look, talking about a Kandu man in the Old Testament, that's Caleb. Amen. But before that, let's go to Philippians 4.13, which was our opening scripture last week. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. We are looking at 25 statements of a can-do man. 25 statements of a can-do man. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. So let's say it together. Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, so I'm going to break it. Say, I can. I can. I can. You see, that mentality that I can itself is revolutionary because we are used to saying I can't or this won't work. We are used to the negative but the whole idea of changing the way we think, I can. I can do. I can do. I can do. It's a mindset change that needs to happen to the body of Christ. You see, you discover from, from um, the way God created the world is that I mean, of course, there are different views of Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 in terms of the order of things. But it says that in the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. And the earth what? Was what? Without form and void. And then God said, let there be light. So, if you are of the view that this is a picture of a progressive creation, because there's two views which we won't get into. But for me, when I see different views of the scripture that there are some things that i will be willing to die for like christ died and rose again some of those things are non-negotiable do you see but the other things that there could be different aspects of explaining the thing i i i, I like both and i can make inferences on both when it comes to the virgin birth and whether christ died and rose again and 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 did christ actually rise physically or just spiritual those ones i i, I, will, I will if you say there's an alternative explanation i will not accept it Hallelujah. Amen. But on this notion of um, 
when God created the earth, there is an argument on both sides, but the one I'm talking about is that it seems that if God created heaven and earth, how come it was what? Void without what? Form and void. Did God create it without form and did he create it empty? Well, that's why I'm saying that there are two explanations. But, but for, for my topic today, I'm telling you only one so that you don't get confused. If, as we read it, the earth was what? Formless and void. It is possible that it was what? A progressive creation. Like as the world is creating, the thing is still taking form. It's still taking shape. Like the blind man, God, Jesus was healing. And he said, he prayed for him the first time. He said, do you see anything? He said, I see men as trees. Then he prayed for him again and then he saw clearly. Is that not so? So the first prayer, they did work. It was working, but it was progressing. And sometimes God's work is progressing. And you don't stop in the middle of it and say, I quit. I'm talking about how your words of faith, when you are looking at something that is without form, because you have been created in the order of God to co-create with him. Sometimes what you are looking at, is, is it has not completed. And, and it's looking, because something that is without form is it, not in the final state. And it's easy to walk away and say, this is it. I, I, it's not working. No, but the can-do person look at it and say, no, by faith, this will work. By faith, this will come out okay. And as you are saying it, you see, your words have the ability to create and form it to bring it to completion. Because we were created in God's image. Hallelujah. So I can. Say, I can. I can do. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. 25 statements of a can-do man. What's the first one we learned last week? I think we learned two or three last week. All things are possible. Give me a verse. Luke 137 and what other one? Mark 9, 23. All right. So Luke 137 paraphrase says that all things are possible with God. Mark 9, 23 says all things are possible to the one that believes. Is that not so? So all things are possible. Number two, what does the can-do person say? Let us work hard. A person who has a can-do mindset is not lazy. You see, when we talk of faith, it does not mean that you, you, you won't do anything. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, if you believe that the outcome is possible, that is what energizes you to work hard. Amen. If you don't think that there will be any good outcome, that's when you don't work hard. So you feel like, what's the point? So that faith actually should what? Energize us. Amen. Amen. What is the sense in going out on the street doing soul winning? If you think nothing good will come out of it. You won't even talk in a certain strength to the sinner that you meet on the road. But if you have faith to, to know that God is with you, as you are going, angels are with you. When you are talking to the person and even they are, seems to be resisting, you still have hope. Hallelujah. So that you keep pressing harder when you have faith. When you believe that this thing can work. Hallelujah. So that is the second statement of the can-do man. Did we add any? Or oh, that was it. Number three. The can-do man also says, let us try it. Let's give it a chance. So this is the attitude or the statement of the can-do man. The, 20, the third of the 25 statement. Let's try it. Let's give it a chance. A person who is not a can-do man, when they meet with a slight difficulty, they say, no, this is not for me. They say, this is, they, they, we made a mistake. Do you get it? This is not for me. This can't work. This won't work. And we are going to read the account in Numbers chapter Numbers chapter 13. Numbers 13. 
All right. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. Hallelujah. Okay, so we are going to jump to verse 16. So the background to this is that the people of Israel are on their way to the promised land. They have come in a place called the land of Paran, P-A-R-A-N. This is right after um, Aaron and um, Miriam had gone to challenge Moses. So the situation has been resolved. All hard feelings uh, have, been, have been put out. And now God is ready to move them on. And so he tells Moses, send men to go into the land of Canaan to spy it out. So that they will have a foretaste and a, a, a full view of what is in the promised land. You see, right now, we know that Jesus Christ will come again. Do you believe Jesus will come again? Yes. We know he will come again, and we know when he comes, he will bring peace that is everlasting. Every peace treaty that man has signed eventually gets broken. Amen. And all the atrocities and all the things that are happening, there is a craving in all of creation. There's a craving in mankind. There's a, there's a journey in man's heart that something is missing. Is that not so? There's a journey in man's heart that we need somebody who can solve this problem for us. But until then, you and I have the spirit of Christ in us because he has given us a full view or he has given us a foretaste of what the kingdom of God is like so that we are supposed to model the kingdom of God to a world which have not been to the promised land. Hallelujah. But Dr. Martin Luther King, I think, uh, was it the night before he died, the speech that he gave, he said, I have seen the promised land. Do you get it? It's like somehow within his heart, he saw that the future is bright for the people of color. Amen. So what we are saying is that this view of going to spy out the land, in a certain sense, Christians today are spies because God, by his prophetic promise, has given us a foretaste of the power of the age to come. Amen. Amen. That's why you can forgive. Because the Bible says in when the kingdom of God comes, it says that the lion will lie down with what? The little lamb. Try and put a lion and a lamb together today. It is in the kingdom when Christ comes. It will happen literally. It said that a little child will put their hand in the, in the hole of the, uh, the snake. Do you get it? But then today, symbolically and metaphorically what that means practically is that two people who should not get along two people that normally speaking one would eat the other one up if one of them is a believer that believer can demonstrate that how it is going to be when a lion and a lamb can sit together that you can now forgive and live with that, the other person so that, so that it is like these people going to the land to bring the fruit of the promised land which no one else has seen bring the fruit and show us to, to, uh, before we get there. You and I, we have been called to model the life of the promised land, the good things in the promised land, which most have not seen. You and I, the Bible says our citizenship is in heaven. It's in the book of Philippians. Hallelujah. And so what happens when they go? These are the names of the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Hoshea, the son of the son of Nan, Joshua. Okay? So there were 12 of them, but I think we just started somewhere in the middle. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way, 
into the south and go up to the mountains. All right? And see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad. Whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Okay? Verse number 20. Whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Brother Nicholas, that's our job. You're supposed to bring the fruit of heaven to earth. Bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. See, when we were reading the um, introduction, I, I, I tried to skip the long list of names, right? But please understand that there are 12 tribes of Israel, and each of them produced somebody from their tribe. Hallelujah. Now, the name of the two most important people that I will I remember, the rest, I don't remember their names. Why, how come I don't remember their names? Because they brought a bad report. <laughs> Amen. Okay? But Joshua was from the tribe of Ephraim. Amen? And Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. The rest of them, their names are there, but if you like, you can read it. Read it. So, so we, 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 we try to you know, economize on the time. So we are not reading everyone. So let's continue. In verse number 22. All right. So it says, And they went up to the south and came to Hebron, Ahiman, Sheshai, and Tamai. The descendants of Anak were there. So it looks like this Anak was known. It's like one, the descendants of the giants. Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zuan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eskol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on the post. So think about it. When you go to Kroger or Jantigal and you buy grapes, do you get it? You know, the, it comes in a bunch like this, right? You can, that one cluster of grape was so huge that if you look at some of the old Bible Bibles with pictures. You see that they have put it on the pole. And one person is holding it on their shoulder, the other person is holding it. That's the, that's the size of the fruit that was in that land. Amen. Okay, then they came, alright, they carried it between two of them on the pole. They also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Escol because of the cluster. Okay, verse 26. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Okay, after 40 days. Then they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran. See, I told you at the beginning that everything that is recorded in the Bible, the Spirit of God has written it for it to speak to us in a certain way. Amen. And so each individual account, sometimes when you read the scripture, see right now I'm beginning to see that even when you're reading about a bad person, because when you put things in categories, what we often do is that, okay, look for a good example or look for, look for a good character in the Bible that you want to be like. As a matter of fact, you won't find anyone who is, 
100% perfect. But in general, you find good examples. Do you get it? Can you give me an example of some people that, you know, it would be good to model your life after? I mean, except Jesus Christ, uh, apart from Jesus Christ, like uh, Old Testament names. That's Joseph, okay? Yeah, is that a good example? Who else? Who? Abraham, David, Mar Mary, yes. Elisha, all right? Now, Saul, King Saul, everybody know how he, he backslid and all that. But there are some good things about Saul you can learn from too. Amen. Yeah. And then, I, I mean, before he was rejected as king, when they went to war and they, there, there was a place that I read that Saul distributed um, the booties of the war for, for all of them to go and share. I said, that's a good king. Is that not so? And then there was a place where People were trying to take it out on other people, like uh, go, trying to kill people. He said, today is a day of rejoicing. Nobody, some people who are not going to the war, people were trying to venge, be vengeful against them. He said, no, today is a day of rejoicing. Don't do anything bad. So, so one of the things you will notice that even bad characters in the Bible, when you read the Bible in a way to allow it to speak to you, you can still learn from them. And so look at it again. They returned, okay? They departed and came back to Moses, all right? In the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation. They brought back what? They brought back word. The word is near you. <laughs> it's in your mouth and also in your heart. The word of faith which we speak. But you see, it's not always the word of faith that we speak. Sometimes we speak the words of what? Discouragement. Sometimes we speak words of disillusionment. Sometimes we speak words of hopelessness. They said they brought what? A word to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit. So that's the first statement that they have said. It's like somebody standing in prayer and said, Lord, I believe you will help me with this uh, interview. I believe you helped me find this job. Lord, I believe you helped me with this family situation. So we often start good or we start well. Is that not so? On the right path. But let's see what happens. Look at look at the beginning of verse verse uh, was it verse 38 or 28? Verse 28. It says that back to um, 27. They told him, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Is that so far so good? And this is its fruit. And then verse number 28, what's the first word? Nevertheless. nevertheless. It's like nevertheless, as some guy used to say, nevertheless. Once you say nevertheless, it's like in spite of what I've said before, despite what I've said before, cancel what I've said before. Now, what I'm about to say, you better pay attention because what I've said before doesn't matter anymore. Everything after nevertheless, that's the real thing. Do you get it? And what do they say? The people who dwell in this land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, so you see, it's like, it's like the first thing that they have said is like, okay, it's like somebody building a case. Do you get it? You, you make your opening statement. You begin to find illustration. You bring witnesses. You bring things that will make the case more convincing. So in case you are not frightened about when I say the cities are large, the people are whatever, 
When they say, moreover, we saw the descendants of Enoch. So at this point, you should start being afraid. <laughs> Amen. The descendants of Enoch were there. Okay? The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. If you know the geography, you know Jordan is a little bit like to the west coast is the Mediterranean. Do you get it? The Jordan is a little bit two thirds into the land from the Mediterranean. To the east of the Jordan is the city and um, the country Jordan. So the Canaanites, there are some living on the Mediterranean coast and there are some also on the coast of the Jordan. But to the north, who do you see? You see Amoras in the north, okay? And then uh, Amalekites to the south. Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites in the mountains. So, so in other words, there is nowhere to escape. <laughs> do, you get, do you get it? Now look at this. Verse number 30. You see, so far, so far, these people have not made a statement like we won't go. Have they? But what are they doing? They are creating and painting a picture. But you see, you see, when you read the Bible, try to be human. What I mean is, what I mean is, don't to jump too quickly to, to judge people. If you look at me very carefully, that's how I operate. That put yourself in their shoes. That's why I said that let the scripture read you. Don't just read the scripture. Let the scripture read you. So, so, so you are now one of the 12 uh, spies. Because you can read it as a story that is just, but now, see yourself as one of the spies from whatever tribe you are from. And you have gone to see. Now, are these people, are these people making up the story? Look at it closely. What they are saying, first of all, what did they have in their hand? That they are showing to Moses and Aaron. A class of grapes, giant grapes. Was that imaginary or real? It was real. And then, before they showed the fruit, they also said the land flows with milk and honey. That one, it's, it's probably a metaphor. <laughs> it's flourishing. Amen. But when they said, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. When they said the people who dwell in the land are strong. As a matter of fact, before we got here, Anak was mentioned up there. And then the cities are fortified. So the cities are fortified. In other words, they have built high walls and towers around the city. Which means that if you are talking about a military conquest, and you are an agrarian, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, culture, with, with you, you raise animals, and, and, what, and, and you, you plant things. Even at that time, even the planting of things, they probably learned it from Egypt. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what we know of, they raise animals. Do you get it? So now, you are going up and against established cities with fortified walls. Do you get it? And so, what these guys are saying, it says, what does they say? Then they began to describe beyond the Anakites, the Amalekites. If you know the story of the Amalekites, the Amalekite is the enemy that always attacks you from the back. 
they attacked the people of Israel in the, in the wilderness. Before they got to where they are, they have had several wars with Amalekah. In fact, in one of those wars, the scripture records that Joshua was in the field fighting and Moses had to lift his hands in intercession. And Aaron and Hare have to hold his hands for them to win. And the scripture says every time Moses brought his hand down, they were losing. They, had to, they could only win by supernatural help of God. So now these Amalekites are up there. We are going to face them again. And then he mentions the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Hittites. Sometimes History Channel made a show, something about Hittites. These guys, they, they developed the art of warfare many, many years. And so what I'm painting to you is that what these people are reporting is not an exaggeration. Brother Nicholas, it's not, I don't think it's an exaggeration. Do you think it's an exaggeration? What their sense based, uh, what their senses are seeing is real. Because when we are talking of faith and we are talking of being a can do man, we are not saying put aside your mind. We are not saying ignore uh, 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 danger. We are not saying pretend what is before you is not there. What we are saying is that this is there. But then you can also introduce your own nevertheless. You can say this and this and this are a problem. Nevertheless, I have a God who is bigger and greater than this problem. Hallelujah. And so, as they were saying, Caleb, the man who is the can-do man in this story. We are talking about 25 statements of a can-do man. What was the point that we are trying to illustrate? Let's try this. Let's give it a chance. But these people, you see, when, when, you are a, when you are a leader and you are talking to people, people often don't come out and t- tell you, what you are asking me to do, I won't do. Most people are not that bold. Do you get it? But often you will get what they are thinking by what they are saying. They will begin to tell you reasons why what you are saying will be hard to do. And you yourself must draw the conclusion that, I mean, okay, don't do it. Like sometimes we are going somewhere, somebody will call. And in many cases, the thing they are giving, there is no way around it. Like, as a pastor, I'm also a, what do you call, a human being on this earth. I'm not living in the clouds. Do you get it? So if somebody tells me that we are going somewhere, somebody tells me that, um, what do you call it, my child has this thing today that there is no other appointment left in the year 2017 of our, uh, 2018 of our Lord AD. And if we don't take this appointment, the next time is what? 2021. <laughs> How am I in my right mind say that don't go? Are, are you with me? So look at it. People often are good at excuses. And they are good at giving all the reasons. They, they, they wouldn't say, don't, don't, you wouldn't do it. And you know what sometimes people do? They will say, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> when they say that, often, deep within me, I know that <laughs> it's not going to happen. Look at it. Verse number 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. So Caleb saw through the way the conversation and the thing was going. Listen, this thing is about to be killed. The whole enterprise is about to be quenched. So he didn't even wait for them to say we won't go. He said, he quoted the people and he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. 
That's the mind of a can-do man. That's the mind of a can-do man. Now, the big question that arises is, is Caleb off his rockers? Is Caleb, what, what planet does he live on? Because Caleb was with them. He also saw the, the Anakites, the giants. He saw the Amorites. He saw the Amalekites. He saw the Hittites. These people are real. Amen. But Caleb saw not only that. He saw a God that is bigger than all of them. So look at it. But the man who had gone up with him, so, so even so far, Joshua has not yet spoken. The man who had gone up with him, maybe the, the other ten, and maybe Joshua at that point was meditating on what Caleb had said. Do you get it? We are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Is In every group, you're going to find these two groups of people. You're going to find the ones who see Anakites, who see Amorites, who see Amalekites, who see fortified cities, who see why you cannot go, why you cannot do it, why you cannot make it. You will find out that many renowned and successful people, they were told they can't do anything. Sometimes a, a musical genius, who was I reading about? Somebody was, uh, I think, uh, I forget the name, but it's a, it's a, key, uh, a major pianist, world, world renowned. He was told that he's stone deaf. He was told that he, he's stone deaf and will not be able to do anything musically. You see, if you listen to what people are saying and what people are telling you, you will not come to your full potential. You must have, you must have something to counter that you are not of this age. And sometimes what people are saying is just based on what they are seeing. But you see, you are more than what we see. Do you know that actually, besides your body, there's the spirit of you that is a sphere around you. Like, depending upon how growing, grow, growing you are spiritual, like, there's a radius from your body that is the spiritual aura around you. Yeah, that is why sometimes, sometimes you can come near somebody without even touching them, and then the power of God hits them. What we are saying is that you are a, a bit larger. You think you are slim. You are, <laughs> you are a bit larger than, you are a whole, a bit larger than how we see you. Amen. Amen. Look at it. The man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied us, saying, now, now you see, in the beginning they were just reporting the hard facts about the reality of the place. It's a difficult place. No two ways about that. Caleb did not deny that. But Caleb said, we are well able to do. But look at what they are going to do. When we begin to move away from faith, and we begin to let our hearts sink. Then the devil gives us new vocabulary. He begins to give us more descriptions of how bad the situation is. Look at what they are going to say. The land through which we had gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Amen. So now they are adding to the story that the land, the, the land actually eats up the inhabitants. If the land eats up inhabitants, how would the people continue to live there? Amen. It says that there we saw, and then all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Okay, we heard, we heard that before. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anna came from the giants, and we were, look at it, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. We, we were grasshoppers in our own sight. And then, it is not, it is now a self-fulfilling prophecy. Look at the last verse, look at it. So we were in their sight. So, you see, 
who you see yourself to be and what you believe yourself to be, there is a mysterious transfer of projection and perception that will make you come out with others as such. They saw themselves as what? Grasshoppers. He said, in our own side, we began to see that we were grasshoppers. And so as grasshoppers, then the people would then begin to see them as grasshoppers. Hallelujah. But these are the people who saw the same thing. Look at um, Numbers 14. The impact, we are talking about the impact of this bad testimony. So all the congregations lifted up their voices. Which congregation? The rest of the people who didn't go to the land. You are the one who have gone to. And of the, of the, of the 12 people, right? So far, Caleb is the only one who has given a good report and encouraged the people. The congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives and children should become victims. <laughs> Will it not be better for us to return to Egypt? You see, when you go from the path of faith, away from the path of faith, and you begin to make declarations that is like you have set aside all of God's promise and God's might and God's power. Satan then gives you vocabulary and gives you, uh, because you see, the guy was a big time whiner in heaven. Before Satan fell and opposed God, do you think he just woke up one day to do that? No. He began to whine. He began to complain. He began to notice things that were not being done for him. A few angels passed by and they didn't salute him. And he began to have a problem with that. And he saw the angels worshipping God. He, 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 said, he said, why are they giving him that? I feel that. Look at my brightness. Look at his brightness. It seems like we are about the same. So that deception has set in. Look at it. If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one, one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Hallelujah. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. They knew that what has happened is now Danger, they are in great danger. The Lord's anger is about to come. So Moses and Aaron fell on their face, interceding. Then now Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we pass through to spy out is an excellent good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. So far, nobody, well, up until now, they are not rebelled. But when they say they are going back to Egypt, that's rebellion. But what I was going to say is that often disobedience is a disguised rebellion. And complaining is a disguised rebellion. But you may not call it rebellion, but it is. Do not rebel against the land, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Look at it. They are our bread. Who is our bread? The people of the land. The Anarchists. How can somebody say they are our bread? Except by the eye of faith. Except by seeing the invisible hand of God. Except by seeing that there is another force at work. What I'm seeing before me, that's not the conclusion of the matter. 
There are invisible forces on my behalf. There are the ancient good boys of God who are bigger and stronger than whatever the enemy has said before me. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Statements of the can-do man. Let us rise up. Let us pray. And let us bring the Lord an offering. Father Lord, we come once again asking you to renew our faith. Because Lord, we may see giants around us, but we have to see you, the great I am. We pray and bring you our gifts, our offerings. May you bless it and multiply it. And may our faith and the preaching of this word go forth to many places and prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen.